Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, or depending on wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. These programs that I offer are for one reason only, and that is to bring you examples of ordinary people who just like you, just like me, have undergone an extraordinary spiritual awakening. And that awakening, we share aspects of it, not only the teachers that influenced us, books, experiences, but also how it changed our lives and how that change has us be in the world and maybe how um, our businesses change and so on and so forth. So today I have somebody that I've known for quite a few years and it's been fun to watch her grow her, her business. And what she does is she helps people who are entrepreneurs and she brings the, the spiritual element to all of that. So please join me in welcoming my friend, Erin Newman. Erin, thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Lina. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. And like you said, I mean, I think it's just been so cool to watch your path too, um, you know, over these last five or six years, I think that I've known you. So yeah. Yeah, everything. We're shifting and we're changing. Isn't it fun? Um, especially now, boy, especially now, what amazing times. But let's start with the same question I ask everybody. When did you begin to realize that, that there was more to life than what you were taught is the way you were supposed to live your life, primarily in the physical world? When did you begin to tap into that there was way more than that? Yeah, so I would say that my sort of spiritual awakening was kind of a slow slow roll as opposed to one burning bush, you know, one moment, it was a series of many, many moments of, um, you know, starting to meditate. Um, probably in my early 20s, I started meditating because I was depressed, you know, and that was one of the things that all the self help books said was you should start meditating. I'm like, okay, I'll <laughs> thing we keep talking about. Um, and I still remember my very first yoga class, which is not quite the same, but I remember my very first yoga class I went to and there was this guy next to me that was doing like the very heavy pranayama breathing. And I was looking at him like, who is this guy? Like, he's so, <laughs> what a poser. I still remember being like really angry. And, and through the course of that class, really discovering that that was my stuff, not his, you know, that was my anger, not, not his, whatever, you know? Um, and, and the, lots of little moments like that. And, you know, the ongoing practice of becoming a meditator and really taking that time for myself every morning, I think that was my spiritual awakening and still is, you know, those moments I spend in silence alone in nature, um, doing a shamanic journey, doing a meditation of any kind, those are the ongoing unfolding for me. Yeah. And um, they're also what informs my business too. You know, one of the, the things that like you mentioned, bringing that spiritual practice into your business is for me, it's a daily, um, you know, almost hourly thing of really connecting into source, really connecting into my guidance. And even for things like, okay, what do I need to post on social media today? That for me, that has to come from that place of what's what's being called. What is my soul asking me to do? What are you know? Where am I being called to show up and to serve from that place of source energy? And that isn't to say that that always happens, you know. <laughs> um, but by and large, it does. You know, as soon as we ask for that guidance, we can expect it to come 
Yeah. Well, you know, for for the majority of people, and in all of my years of coaching, 14 some odd years now, uh, what has been for the most part, uh, I'm going to say relatively consistent, is people either start with one aha moment or they start with that slow roll. But I'm going to say 95% have been that slower process, even the ones who begin as children questioning things, things just don't quite make sense. But the answers don't come, all of them don't come right away. For me, it was a slow roll for the first five years. And then I had a moment where I experienced myself totally, you know, in oneness with with all that is that changed everything. But from that moment forward, and that was um, in 20 in 2007, so it's been 13 years of a slow roll after that mm-hmm. to try to integrate all of that to right. to have that knowingness of what was truth and release what is not release what blocks it. So one of the things that you said that is so important I want to talk about this how how you experienced it is you said that when you notice that yogi next to you and um you know you're in that place of judging him that it was your stuff Say more about that, because to me, nobody gets to fully awaken if they don't understand what you're talking about, which is projection. How did you come to learn about that? And what are the ways that you use that awareness for your own personal growth? Yeah, well, I think it's it's that work is always ongoing, right? You know, when we're feeling that anger, when we're feeling that frustration with another human you know really looking into what is mine here to own and knowing that we never get to change them you know um uh i think um oh gosh i'm totally blanking on her name the work the woman who wrote the work oh um, Byron katie yes that her work was really just powerful and pivotal for pivotal for me as well as um radical forgiveness those two books i think were just so powerful in terms of changing the lens through which you see other people. And, um, you know, I think, I think now more than ever, that's so important of looking at, Hey, what's here for me. And as opposed to, you know, this other person that I don't, I don't have to be concerned about them and what they're doing and what they're saying, you know, it, it never has to impact me. And I think that's, um, I was doing some writing about this this morning. I think that's the path of, of any enlightened being, shaman, mystic, guru, whatever you want to call this path, is really knowing that it's always about returning to your own internal power source, you know, and never having anybody else's opinions, anybody else's belief systems, those never get to, even though they do, those never get to, you know, impinge upon our own internal power, our own internal belief systems. Um, And that is our work is continually stepping into where's my path of integrity, regardless of what everybody else is saying, regardless of what's going on in the outside world, regardless of COVID politics, you know, everything we're going through, how do I come back to me and my path? So. Yeah, you know, and and uh, I'm sure you probably read or know about Don Miguel Reese's book, The Four mm-hmm. Agreements, which yeah. is is just a powerful little gem. And one of those agreements is you cannot take anything personally. Never. And yeah. that is when we get conditioned it to do life the the old way before we realize that there's more to it. We really 
get all of us get trained in that other people are responsible for how we feel because we heard that from mom and dad. I know I did it to my kids. You're making me angry. You know, mommy is really upset that you made this mess. So they got the message that how I felt was their responsibility, just as it was my responsibility to sue them, to make them feel better, to make their their hurt, their anger go away. So we we unconsciously, and I'm going to say it in an innocent way, get conditioned to hold other people responsible. How did you, um, when, when you began to realize that, what were some of the awarenesses that you had around the the impact of that whole projection game? And because it, it changed my life for sure, understanding that. How did that work for you? Well, I just want to really highlight what you just named too, that piece of, um, you know, us hearing those messages from our parents and really internalizing them as, you know, like you mentioned, we are then responsible for other people's emotions. And and I do the same thing with my own kids, you know, and have to catch myself and come back to, no, <laughs> you know, and we even have those conversations. I'll say, you know, I'm really sorry that I said X and Y and Z or that I yelled about X and Y and Z because it's, it's never your fault. You know, when I'm upset, it's never your fault. And they're, they're, to the point now where they'll say, mom, you didn't apologize and tell me that, you know, it's not my fault if I don't. So we have to have those conversations now. Um, I think, I, honestly, what's coming up to me when you ask about the projections really is just <laughs> being on social media, you know, and, and seeing like the sort of back and forthness all the time on social media and just really, 80 90 percent of the time being able to step into a place of that's cool they get to have their opinion no matter which side no matter which you know whatever they're on and i have very strong opinions you know um but they get to have theirs too they get to be on that side they get to they get to choose that they get to, and then they get to choose differently tomorrow too if they want to you know we don't have to hold anybody to these very strict lines and um so I think that has, it's just really helped in being a business person who is also online um, or an online entrepreneur. I don't know if I would call myself that, but within that space, you really get to hold yourself accountable for what's my reaction? What am I holding onto here? Where am I showing up with anger? Where am I showing up with frustration? Where am I showing up with a, a lack of compassion for someone else? You know, if, if those are the things that I'm naming in someone else, if those are the things I'm seeing, where are they showing up for me? Where am I doing those things? You know, and I feel like I always get a really almost instantaneous hit of that if I'm out driving around in traffic, which hasn't happened in a while. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'll find myself getting mad at another driver for something they did. And, and within that very same day, I'll catch myself doing the same exact thing. Maybe it's making, you know, one of those illegal lefts or something. <laughs> and whatever it is, I'll catch myself later that day and I'm like, Yep. <laughs> we all do those things, right? And just, you know, really looking like always, what's there for me? You know, where do where am I showing up in that way? And because that's all I get to control. You know, I don't get to control their reactions. So yeah. Exactly. That, yes. But that that is the point of power, what you were saying. We can only control our reaction. And that is the place where power resides is in our interiorness. When we are totally and completely embodying 
within ourselves, our own presence, and we become the presence of awareness that is aware of what's going around, that's the only way you can hold your peace. That's the only way you can stay happy and joyful. And it's in that space where the magic, the miracles, the bliss, that's the only place I've ever found it. It's never been in trying to control the world as much as I thought it was. <laughs> as much as we still do, right? I mean, we all have that. <laughs> you know, it, it, it is, it's a powerful place. And, and this spiritual journey is, is the journey of coming inside, coming inside. Now, tell, tell me a little bit about your business, because I, what I want to do is I want to tie, hey, Linda, thanks for your mm -hmm. sweet comments. I want to tie what we are talking about um, to your work and your, your helping clients, because I absolutely see the world shifting in a, in a dramatic way. We all do. But one of the things that is becoming very clear to me, well, it has been for a little while, but now I'm seeing more evidence of it is that every single one of us is being moved slowly and surely into awakening. Awakening to me means acknowledging the spiritual aspect of all that is here, acknowledging this unseen power that is that we can connect to, to inform us. And the only businesses that to me are going to succeed are the ones where the, uh, the owner, the CEO, the entrepreneur is, is operating by those spiritual laws. So share a little bit about your business and then let's weave that into the conversation. Sure. Well, I think, you know, I think what's so interesting that I keep rediscovering about entrepreneurs is I think many of them are doing that, stepping into that awakening. Maybe if they don't even call it that, you know, maybe if they don't even use the words that you and I would use, um, maybe if they don't talk about universe and source and spirit, you know, they could use very different words, but they are speaking to those same principles because I truly don't think you can move forward as an entrepreneur without looking at those things. You know, you, you can't show up in the ways you want to show up or you burn out, right? If you're, if you're continually obsessing over the external things in your business and following everyone else's paths in your business, then you are going to burn out. You are going to at some point wake up and say, this is not where I want to be. I, you know, I quit the day job to do this and it seems like a, a job, you know? So what I what I just found so cool in the entrepreneurial world is that so many people are waking up. So many people are experiencing that. Even again, even if they wouldn't use the words that I would use or you would use to describe it, and and that they have to, you know. And I I think it's just really cool how so many entrepreneurs, you know, even even sort of very left brain, you know old white dudes, for lack of a better word, right? They're, they're coming around to this. They're coming around to the woo-woo, the meditations, the awakenings, and, and they're talking about those things. Again, even if, if they're not naming them, even if they're reframing them in different ways for their audience and for their, you know, for their groups. So I've just found that really fun and powerful and exciting to see. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, the women I work with are, usually they usually have a, a very strong spiritual side already or else they would find a different coach. <laughs> you know? um, so the work that we're doing is really, um, you know, it's on a couple different levels. The first piece is that mindset piece of um, doing a lot of those 
uncoverings of subconscious old patterns, beliefs, behaviors, the things that you were naming in the beginning about, you know, the things our parents told us. I, I mean, I spend probably half my time, you know, unraveling those parental beliefs, patterns, stories about who you're allowed to be and how you're allowed to show up and how much money you're allowed to earn. And, you know, we're spending a lot of time on, um, on that piece. And then we're getting into this, well, at the same time, we're getting into those deeper pieces of, um, how do I want to show up? How does my soul want me to show up? How do I want to show up in this bigger, more expansive way? How do I follow source all the time? How do I follow spirit all the time? Um, yeah. And, and, you know, that's stuff that I'm continually exploring for myself too. And it, it can look really messy, you know, it can look really messy when you, I mean, this happened to me literally this weekend where I had to call a client and say, Hey, I, this offering that I made to you is just not aligned for me anymore. And I just can't do it. So I'm going to refund your money, which is, it was a big amount of money. You know? So like, it's messy, it's messy. It doesn't look simple, um, but it is the path. Otherwise, like I'm saying, otherwise you, you end up saying, Hey, this isn't, I can't sustain this, you know? So yes, absolutely. And, and I see Linda's on there. She says she came in at the exact right moment because she's an entrepreneur and she is one who's on a spiritual journey. And yeah. I had the pleasure of, of working with her and I can attest for the the this is an ongoing journey. And as you said, not only did I have the messiness of doing my own inner work, but I had the messiness of um, being an entrepreneur, helping people with their messes. So it, it is quite the process. Let's see, Linda, what are you saying? Your, your clients who are not necessarily spiritual, quote unquote, are more in tune, more open, more caring. Absolutely. There is, uh, you know, when we connect to that unseen world, we tap into information. That's all that it is. It's infinite intelligence. And it is what holds all the knowingness of all that it has ever been. And each, each one of us is a portal for a fraction of that. So our ability to open up and receive more is what allows us to understand that everybody's doing the best that they can. We are all here with a little piece of the puzzle, but our work is to connect, to connect to one another, to assist one another. So Erin, when you are, when you're working with a client, so let's say your clients come in and they, they understand the spiritual part. Um, what are some of the challenges for somebody who, Personally, they know they're spiritual, but they're in a world where work is still, you know, kind of 3D, where the work is still the mindset of win-lose, not about connecting and collaborating and co-creating, which is is really what opens up when we realize that that we are all, you know, one connected part of this infinite field. How do you assist them in moving through? the the working with people who don't get this in that old paradigm yeah well i think it's kind of what we were touching on before is we don't have to explain it to others you know we don't have to make sure that they understand it in our terminology we just have to keep showing up for ourselves you know and what i'm always telling my clients is for instance husbands which I have one too, who are not. I've had several of those, so I do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're not always into this same world, the same language that we are, right? Um, and what I tell them is, look, you just keep showing up in your ways that you want to do this. You just keep manifesting. You just keep 
you know, attracting abundance. You just keep doing the things that you, you know are right for you and they start to shift around you. And we don't even have to do anything, just showing up in those different ways and being who we are naturally that's what shifts everybody else around you. And they start coming to you and asking you questions and you start seeing these slow shifts or sometimes fast shifts too. Um, but we don't, we don't, if we feel called to, we can explain it, but we don't ever have to explain it. We just have to do the work for ourselves. And, you know, like I was saying, there, there usually is an, a reframe that is acceptable to most people. I mean, most people are comfortable with the word mindfulness now, and you can use that as sort of like an introduction to, to sneak some stuff in. <laughs> um, but again, it's really just about who you get to show up as, you know, I'm very comfortable being the most woo woo person in the world. And in that room, when I show up now, you know, I'm very comfortable, like bringing out my shaman drum and we're going to do this and people being either okay with it or not okay with it, you know, that's that's up to them. But um, I just have to show up as me. And then the people that are attracted to that, you know, they come up afterwards and they wanna talk about it and they wanna learn more. And the people that aren't, you know, they shrug their shoulders and go on about their day and that's cool too. Um, so my advice to those clients is always just, you tune into the practices that are right for you. You tune into the way of being that is right for you and you just start watching how people shift around you. Yeah. Well, what you're saying is is so crucial because the work is always ourselves. We, we cannot change anybody, nor should we. We will attempt it and then we'll realize we can't. And then we <laughs> give it up. Um, God knows I've attempted that, you know, with the husbands and the children. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, the thing that is so powerful about what you're saying is exactly what is attributed to Gandhi. But actually, this was said way before Gandhi is that you have to be the change you want to see. And this journey is a journey about, like we said earlier, coming inside, coming to know who you are. So in your own words, speak to what is it that people gain when they move past the fear of looking within themselves? Hello, Miss Kristen. <laughs> when they look past the fear of, of being alone in the, listening to their own voice, because to me, that was the biggest barrier for me and is always the biggest barrier for every client that I work with is getting quiet, getting quiet and hearing what's in their head. Most of us don't know what we're afraid of. We just know we're afraid, but that fear has become so commonplace that it's become uh, a level of anxiety and depression that, and we all call it functional, you know, depressed people, like we used to say, functional alcoholics. So we have been conditioned to accept this incessant noise in our head. And it is one of the scariest first steps in this journey is to sit and listen to what is all this BS in my head. And you know, BS stands for bullshit and belief system. We have to mm -hmm. look at what is in the head. How, how do you, how did you work through that for you? And because obviously whatever worked for you, I find that everything is universal. Um, it, it methods might be different, but the general essence of it is pretty much universal for everybody. Well, I mean, I would definitely add that that's an ongoing, continuing process and that, you know, uh, yes, it does get easier to hear those messages. Yes, you do get more sure and more confident those messages are there and that they're true and valid and you need to follow them, but it doesn't make it easier to follow the messages, you know? Um, like I was saying, you know, the 
that revelation that came to me this weekend of, hey, I'm not aligned with this um, with this service offering that I'd made and had already, you know, had a client sign up for and money in the bank, right? And um, listening to the message of, hey, this is not aligned. Like that was really scary and hard to say, okay, what what does that mean? If you follow that to its conclusion, what does that mean? It means, okay, then you're gonna have to make her an offer to refund her money and say, hey, this isn't aligned for me anymore. I'm really sorry and move on um, and know that the support is there. Know that the guidance will be there for the next step, the next stage. Um, but I'm not sure that that moving, pa moving past the fear is always something that we're being asked to do. And, and yeah, maybe it gets a little bit easier recognizing it, but it's, it's, it just becomes sort of bigger stages, bigger platforms <laughs> to, to have to move through, right? You know, when you first start, it's okay, I've got that one experience that I have to move through in a maybe sort of not that visible space. And then, you know, the more impact you start to have, the more lives you start changing, the more visible you become, the more everyone gets to see that mess, you know, the more everyone gets to have a, an opinion about that mess. And so, it's still scary. <laughs> you, know, you might be speaking on a stage now to 200 people and that's, there's a really scary space for that. So even though if that's your guidance, if that's what source is calling you and asking you to do, yes, you know that you're supposed to follow that, but the fear's still there. I think we just all become more adept at knowing the fear is always going to be there. It's always going to be there. And we just, we get to move through that in order to do this work that we're being called to do in order to share with people our big work, you know, so that they can in some way um, bring more light into their own lives. So you were talking about listening to source and, uh, you know, having the fear there and the voice of fear, the voice of source. How do you help? What is it that you guide people? Um, let me reframe that question. <laughs> when you first begin to help people understand that we actually have those two voices. We, we, that's the work that I do. We have the voice of our spirit, the voice of our ego. Ego is the one with all the fears and our spirit, our soul, whatever you want to call it, our intuition, our guidance, that's our connection to all that is. How do you help people distinguish between those two voices? I think it's a felt sense, you know, and really a lot of the work that I'm doing is going into those deep meditations, going into those spaces where they can be held and then come out with a message or even again, just a felt sense. It doesn't have to be this big, you know, what I call the bumper sticker messages of <laughs> like peace and joy. You know, it can be just a felt sense of this is pulling me towards my right path. You know, this is pulling me along and <clears throat> we're asking guides, we're asking helping spirits, we're asking whatever way is accessible to them to really hear that message of source spirit um, in order to come in in a way that's recognizable, right? You know, in a way that will translate for them. And I think it's just a process of really starting to know that that's, that message from source just feels like, oh, like, oh, I'm coming home, you know, and just feels good. And even though there might be the fear immediately coming up, oh, can I really do that? Can I really follow that path? Can I really do that thing I'm being asked to do? You you just get start to get this sense of, yes, this is the right thing. And it's going to be scary, but 
that's the message that comes from source. It's never a message of you should, you got to, you know, those messages are all ego-based, but it just has that feeling of expansiveness of yes, when you hear it. So if people operated from listening to that voice and, and moving through any type of limitations, fear-based judgments, whatever that might be, I can't do it, I'm not good enough. What happens to your clients when they move past that, when they they trust? Because to me, that's that's the key is they have to trust. Either we trust somebody like our coach or we trust something like a book that we're reading or we trust the intuition that is happening. So we've got to place our trust in, in something happening uh, that we're feeling, we're sensing. What is it that opens up for your clients when they, they trust you? Yeah, so we start with EFT or tapping usually so that we can move through this sort of whatever's there presently, you know, like you mentioned, a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, low level even, um, just that we all carry, especially right now that we're all just carrying as we walk in the door, you know, so we have to move through that usually first or usually actually start with the meditation, but <laughs> regardless, we do a lot of so, We'll start with the meditation. What is the purpose of the meditation? Um, so take us like you're teaching somebody brand new, all these steps. So what's the purpose of starting with the meditation in, in your work? Yeah, so that they can start really getting those messages from source already. Almost always I'm asking them to ask a question that's been on their heart during that meditation and receive guidance around it. I'm asking them to tune in with their future self and receive guidance from her. I'm asking them to tune into goddess energy or um, light being so that they can receive guidance. So like you already named, it's really helping them to start hearing those messages, to start being guided by their own intuition. Um, and that's usually where we start a session. And then we go into, um, the other pieces, the kind the, the things that, uh, you know, that you would name if you were having like a really deep conversation with a good friend, you know, Hey, here's what's going on in my business. Here's what's going on in my life. And so then we'll do a lot of EFT tapping around that. Um, and, and then we get to those sort of deeper, more expansive places where they can make different choices, where they can make different, um, they can listen to those intuitive nudges a little bit more when they're in that place of expansiveness after we've gotten through all the sort of, you know, head chatter, the normal noises that come in from the outside and, and really allow them to drop in a lot deeper by the end of the session. And, and that is what I find with every, every single one of my clients, as well as my own personal life is, the primary work is to learn to get quiet and hear that there is something supporting us because our anxiety, our fears are because we think we're all alone. It's me against the world. And in that that place of fear, we just believe nobody gets us. I've got you know nothing to guide me, the insecurity. Am I doing the right thing? And but all along, We've never been alone. We've always had that source available to us. We just don't know to tap into us. So what happens to give me, like in general, your clients, 
when they first begin to realize the power of that meditation to get still and the EFT to recognize blocks to that stillness, blocks to that guidance. Yeah, well, I think, you know, what starts happening is they're not guided by that anxiety in their business anymore, that churning of, well, how is this going to work? And how am I going to make money? And how, you know, how am I supposed to be showing up on social media? And how, you know, all those questions, they really get to drop those and just keep tuning back into their guidance of, well, here's how I want to show up today. So that's what I'm going to do. Instead of like, oh, I got to go post 10 times on Instagram or whatever whatever the current, I don't even know, <laughs> whatever the current system du jour is. Yeah. Um, the technology of the day. Yeah, and um, they get to tune into their messages. And it, it's. I think it's just really cool to watch in their businesses because they're like, oh, you, you know, you, you said this was gonna happen and I didn't believe you, but this is start, how it starts happening is those clients just kind of show up like magic, you know? Um, when when they're following their heart when they're following their source guidance you know and it it doesn't it doesn't look like this one-to-one -one ratio anymore like oh i did this thing and so then a client showed up it just starts to become i'm doing the things i'm called to do and then the clients are showing up and i don't even have to worry about it anymore you know of course we're human we still do but a lot less you know a lot more and more and more able to let go of any of the anxiety in that business and just follow what they want to do, you know? I mean, what I'm always saying is, otherwise you could just go back and get a job, right? Like if you're just gonna follow the same systems that everybody else is doing, like, you know, <laughs> you can just go back to plugging stuff into an Excel sheet any day, <laughs> you know, so. Yes, but that isn't that the paradox that we become entrepreneurs because we feel like we have something to contribute and then we paralyze our, our ability to contribute by all of the fears about how it's going to work, how it's going to be received, and and is, am I going to succeed? But yet, those very worries and fears are the very well. To me, I you use them in one of two ways. They either propel you forward because you decide to look at them and use them, as as I like to think of it as fuel for for the you know the the process that you're in to propel you, or they paralyze you. I mean, there's only two mm -hmm. ways you can go. And what are some of the things that you have uh, noticed your clients are able to do once they are determined to not listen to those fears and, and or I'm going to say listen to them, but not let them paralyze them. What are some of the things that you have witnessed? Because I, I've witnessed people's lives being transformed and, and I, I could sit here and tell you for the next hundred hours examples of life's changed and things that happen. What are some examples of some of your clients that you can share with us that you saw the, the transition and the transformation and how that impacted their lives? And the thing about these transformations is they don't just touch our lives. When you enter the spiritual journey, you you impact the planet. I mean, that that's, that's why you're waking up is because you're finding your place in the wholeness. Um, give us, share some stories with us. I think it really changes their deservingness levels. You know, it really changes what they allow themselves to deserve in their lives and in their businesses. You know, they get to set boundaries if that's what they need. You know, hey, I'm not going to work on a Friday afternoon. I'm not going to, you know, do the 10 Instagram posts today or whatever it is. Like they get to set those boundaries and they get to also just really expand into 
know, I deserve to be treated in certain ways, you know, whether that's in their lives or their businesses. And I get to attract only those people I want to work, really want to work with. I get to make the money I really want to make. I get to be deserving on all levels. And then I get to go spend it wherever I want to spend it, you know, also. Um, and I think you see that just start to ripple out into their family. Too. Bless you. Um, you see that ripple out into their families too, because their families see them showing up in different ways and their families see them showing up as this empowered being who gets to choose, gets to decide, gets to make decisions around what it is that they want, what it is that they desire and step into that really fully. Like not just saying, um, Oh yeah, one day there's this dream I have of X and Y, but you know, like one of my clients, you know, was able to buy her daughter a horse and have her daughter ride horses and, you know, with the money that she's making in her business now. And so really allowing herself to expand into things she maybe never even considered possible before, but simply because she's following those nudges, she's following what's aligned for her. She's following, Hey, this feels good to me. So this is the way I'm going to do it. And I don't have to be impacted by, you know, anybody else's opinions ever. So, I mean, we are, but you know, expanding more and more into that. But isn't that one of the most wonderful gifts of this journey is that when we can tap into that, we discover that this universe, this, this God, whatever you want to call it, this consciousness that we live inside of really wants to add unto us. It wants to multiply our capacity for joy I'm a teacher and a student of the Course in Miracles, and one of the characteristics of somebody who lives in alignment with that truth, which is in alignment with that Christ consciousness, is joy. Mm -hmm. And it says very clearly, quite a few of the lessons, it's 365 lessons, many of them point to that our purpose is to be happy. That is the one function that the Creator has given us. We are made manifest to express what creative source is and in the expression of that without limitations you know without those those beliefs that block it what shows up is pure joy because you're extending from a place of wholeness from a place of worthiness from a place of knowing what you are what you extend brings you unbelievable joy and then you extend it to your children, like that woman to her daughter for the horse. The horse gets to experience joy because it's in a, in, you know, in a family, in an environment that is so happy to have it. The stable keeper, if it happens to be at a stable, um, unless they have it in their backyard, if they happen to have a large enough place, it extends joy because people who love what they are, they are connected to, joy has a... You know, it, it's as much of a um, contagious effect as a virus is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that, you know, just keep following that joy. And that's where the path is, you know, and it's not anywhere else. And I mean, I think that's something we all have to remember. You know, I mean, I do. I know every entrepreneur I've ever met has to. It's just, <laughs> how, how do we keep following the joy when we hear all these outside messages, you know, all the time, every day? You know, how do we follow what's really joyful for us and let go more and more of what anybody else has told us ever? You know, I mean, like, like you named, I think that that conditioning from childhood of you know, the only way to be successful, the only way to have a successful life is to 
you know, go to college, get the good job, stay in that job until you retire. You know, that that programming is so strong and it's so locked in in our society, locked in from our parents that breaking free, <laughs> um, that breaking free of it is just, that's the, that's the work, right? Like always breaking free of those messages and following that joy like you named is, oh my God, if we could all do that, like, <laughs> well, let me let me share this testimonial uh, for you. So thank you so much, Kristen, for for sharing this. You know, we love hearing these wonderful messages. But so you're saying that Aaron, who is right here, inspired and helped you to do what feels good to you and in your business. And that was huge for me, uh, for you. And it's so freeing to be aligned with your purpose and to be happy. Plus, following that joy, you found more modalities that you wanted to incorporate into your business. Absolutely. Because when, when we are in flow with joy, more to be joyful about begins to, to be multiplied. You know how misery loves company, joy loves company too. And just as, as we can attract joy, we can attract misery. And the whole thing that um, Aaron and I are talking about is, about controlling what it is that you want to experience. Once it becomes mm. clear that you're the one in control of your interiorness, now there is nothing that um, can affect you unless you let it. Talk a little bit about that, Aaron, the responsibility that comes in once you realize that your happiness and your misery is all up to you. What, what do you see, what happened in your own world? Because for me, I didn't like that responsibility at first because I had to give up playing. Yeah. Then, it makes me tear up as you're saying it, Lina, because it's such a God. It's such a scary realization, right? Like when you when you first start doing this work and you first start realizing, like, oh, I'm choosing this. No, no, no. <laughs> you got that wrong. I'm not choosing that. I'm not choosing that. I'm only choosing these pieces. You know, <laughs> I'm only choosing you know the chocolate ice cream kind of pieces in my life. The rest of that is just that's just being dumped on me. You know, and I think it's it's always a choice every time you wake up in the morning it's a choice you know it's a choice that you get to be happy no matter what's going on around you you know like virtual learning is crazy in my house right now and my youngest was like mom i hate this you know i don't want to do this anymore and i was like you know we get to choose how we feel about it that's all we get to choose like it's here <laughs> but we get to choose how we feel about it and I think it's um, something we're always coming back to is yeah. I am, I decide, I choose. And even if all we get to choose is how we feel about it, you know, COVID's here, but I can choose how I feel about it. Right. Um, and I always think of that quote from, um, uh, man, my words are losing me today. <laughs> um, Law of attraction. What is her name? Uh, Abraham Hicks. Abraham Hicks. Thank you. Esther Hicks. Yeah. <laughs> um, these are all like books that are like literally stacked next to my beds. So I should know all of their names. But anyway. um, she says, you know, your only job is to align your energy. And then maybe if you've got some time after that, then you can take action. You know, then you can do a couple things that day. Maybe, you know, if you feel like it, then you can do a couple things that day. And I, I just come back to that all the time because it's so powerful. Because even if it takes you two hours to get into that place of 
I am, I choose, I decide, this is me. You know, I get to choose my path forward. Even if it takes you two hours to get there every day, those are two hours better spent than, well, definitely surfing Facebook or anything like that, but you know, better spent than most things, you know, skip breakfast if you have to, but get in that energy where like you name Lina, I choose, I decide, I am there. I am co-creating this universe today. And when you get there, then the actions just show up. Then the the things, the people, the experiences, the clients, the whatever just shows up. And um, when you when you truly operate from that, when you truly believe that, it is like magic. And it, it looks like magic, you know? It looks like magic to everybody around you. Um, you know, it, and I guess from like a quantum physics perspective, it's it's energy, you know? We're showing up in a certain energetic vibration. So those things are being attracted to us, you know? If, if you need a scientific basis for it, but yeah. it's magic. It's, it's really powerful stuff. And so, yeah, I think, I think when you first hear those words of, I get to choose my reality, it's, it's beyond scary. And then you start just really moving more and more into that space and it changes your life. It does change its your life. And it, it is, like you said, it's scary at first to realize, what well, I have all that power. I've been the one creating all my misery. But until people come to the place where we recognize we create our misery, we don't have enough of a motivation yet to decide to create all of our joy. Mm. And while there's still the opportunity that somebody could have made me mad, that is a missed opportunity to create your own joy. So there's an, an incredible responsibility that comes with this awareness. And also, then realizing, all right, see, if all of us have been creating our misery, by projecting out there our, our uncomfortable state of being our disconnection inside, not listening to source and only listening to what everybody else thinks, then something magical happens. And that's the realization that we've all done that. So the world that we see is actually the result of our own disconnection, our own dysfunction, our own need to control others. What do you think the government has become? It's a, it's a system that controls us because we have been projecting we need to be controlled. We have been projecting, you need to tell us what to do. You need to tell us when we can retire, how many hours we work, because I'm not tapped into my own inner source. So therefore I cannot align to what feels good to me. So you tell me what to do. I'll be miserable and then I'll blame you. So how is this world that we see going to change? Because the world, the systems are collapsing and they're collapsing because more of us are unplugging from it. We don't wanna give that insanity more power. We're taking it back. So there is a shift that is happening. And what you're doing with entrepreneurs is so beautiful because you're not just helping entrepreneurs, <laughs> you're a future entrepreneur back there in the background. You're helping individuals. It's all individuals. You know, there's not a government. There's just a collection of individuals who do government work. There's not, you know, uh, a medical world. There's just individuals who do, you know, medicine, practice medicine. They're entrepreneurs in the medicine world. Um, or work for corporations. So when we take back this power, what what begins to happen when we truly acknowledge the, re, the, the responsibility and the enormity 
we are the ones who are going to be creating this new earth, this new world, this, this nirvana, whatever it is that you want to call it. The world is shifting. How, how do you see um, the impact of people doing the work of alignment in, in their interior and the world as you see it, especially being a mom, how do you see the future for your children shifting because of the work that you're doing today? Wow. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot there. Um, I think it's so fascinating that you that you mentioned the government and what we've created, you know, from hundreds of years, thousands of years mm -hmm. of our thought consciousness, creating these systems, creating these belief patterns that hold energy, you know, that hold on to a specific vibrational energy that says, like you said, we want to be controlled. We want to hand over our power to others in so many different arenas, you know, the education system, I mean, all, all these different places, the medical system, we've handed over our power to somebody else. And that is definitely breaking down. I think we see that in every system we look at right now, the breaking down is happening. You know, those of us that refuse to believe everything that Western medicine tells us anymore, or those of us that refuse to believe that the education system that exists is the best one for our children anymore, you know, and we're opting out and we're choosing our own paths and we're choosing the paths that are right for them. You know, maybe your kids actually get a choice in where they go and what they learn and what they choose, you know, just like we do. And those are some, some very deep concepts. And I think that, um, a lot of the population is starting to wake up to them and shift and transform. And I don't know where my place is as a mom. It's definitely, it's something that's my leading edge. You know, that's something I come back to all the time is this is the work I do with my clients. This is the work I do for myself, but I don't necessarily sit down and have sessions with my kids. You know, I mean, it's definitely part of, part of the work we do, but there is definitely a place where we could be doing more together. You know, that's, it's something that my guidance, my helping spirit source are continually telling me is this is a place of expansion for you. This is a place yeah. where you can be really showing up more in the lives of your children, you know, instead of sort of segmenting it and, you know, parceling that work out that it gets to be more about what you do with your family life and how you show up. Um, yeah for them you know not for me as a mom but for them and their expansion and yeah they see some of that right just naturally but it's not um it's not as expansive as it could be so that is definitely my leading edge as a mom is really how do i expand more into this work with them you know for them um it seems really easy to do with other women and with other adults. And then I sort of am like, well, how do I do it with the kids? You know? So, um, yeah, I struggle there for sure. Uh, but that yeah. is an important place. Yeah. All parents today of young kids, uh, who are especially the, the ages of your children, what, what are their ages? They're 11 and eight. Okay. Yes. I remember them a little younger. Yes. So 11 and eight. Um, just as we're helping adults let go of their fears, let go of the conditioning. Well, where did they pick up that conditioning when they were children? What is that conditioning? Stop being like a child. And what do all teachings tell us? You got to become like a little child to enter the kingdom of mm -hmm. heaven. So in essence, 
there is work to do on two fronts, help the adults return to their inner child and help the children not lose their connection to their inner child, strengthen it and, and reinforce that. And the systems have to change. They have to change. But also that re back to responsibility. One of the things that I found that was really interesting with my kids, because when they were, when I was going through my shift, you know, they, they were young, they were, um, I started with my youngest was six years old. And so when he got into middle school and he's dealing with classes he doesn't like and he doesn't want to wake up and it's, you know, it's so early, I had to realize that there were a lot of, all the systems have been created primarily to make the adults comfortable. So I was participating in sending my child into a system that was letting them know right off the bat your comfort doesn't matter to me. You can't talk right. during lunch. You got to sit, right. you know, in this place. You got to stand in a straight line. You can only have recess so often. You can only go to the bathroom when I tell you to. Yeah. So it was an indoctrination system into the compliance that makes people good corporate people. Yep. And that that was something that I had to face. And you know, frankly, I, I was I had many moments of crying, of realizing, wow. I have been complicit in allowing a system that totally completely teaches my child to give up their own, their own, not only their innocence, because I send them there, you're, this is where you're going, um, but also to give up their own ability to, to be creative and to do what they want. So when yeah. you and I are here talking about telling our clients, tap in and don't, don't do anything until you're joyful. And then you tell your eight-year-old, your my 14-year-old, you can't leave the house till you get your homework done. Well, where right. do they get to have their joy? Where do they right. get to align exactly. with their Exactly. So yep. We have a lot of systems that are not congruent. And yep. we have to figure exactly. out our place in that. Yeah. And that's you just named it. You nailed it, Lina. That's exactly the struggle I'm going through right now is like here's the school system that has always told them be quiet, sit down, you know, follow the rules. And it's the opposite of what I teach. It's the opposite of what I embody in the adult world and exactly what you named. I know where it comes from. You know, we're always looking for the gold star. We're always looking for that external validation in school systems of, you know, how do I get my teacher's approval? And it's, it's by following their structure. It's by following the, you know, power control, dominant hierarchical structure that they put into place that ex exactly does what you just named. It takes away their power, takes away their autonomy, takes away their independence and creativity and um, hands them back a piece of paper at the end of the year, you know, and it's, it's not the right place. And at the same time, it's like, okay, well, <laughs> how do you as an adult then function in a world without school, you know, and like Kristen, Kristen homeschools, you know, and, and has a job and, you know, does her amazing entrepreneur work. And I think that's a path that more and more of us are saying, okay, this, this could be the path because I can't, I, I can't participate in a school system that looks like that anymore. So, yeah. Yeah. Or, and if not homeschooling, just being very deliberate about changing the school system, being more, I know I was so guilty. I'm, I couldn't wait for school to start because I was going to get my six hours without the kids. I mean, this, this is the babysitter. Let me put them over there and right. let them deal with them. So I was definitely one of those, those guiltiest charged parents complicit in the system. 
And now what I realize is I'm doing my part to help as many parents come to the place that they connect with their guidance. And some are being guided to shift the, the, the school system, to shift how we do education, because we, we have to shift that because at some point, everybody is going to be connected to their inner guidance. So basically, you and I need to put ourselves out of a job if not this this lifetime, at least the next one, because if adults are connected to their inner inner knowing, we will raise children that are connected to their inner knowing mind. It wasn't until they were later, you know, teens in, in my daughter into her late 20s, mid to late 20s. Um, but they are going to be having children and these are going to be more conscious parents and then they will have children and they'll be more conscious. So we are moving in that direction. Um, as we're getting close to the top of the hour, tell me where where's the best place for people to find you and tell us what is what is it that you offer that they could benefit from? Sure. Yeah. So definitely join me in my free Facebook group called the Six Figure Spiritualpreneurs. And I'm all over Facebook. If you search Erin L. Newman, please friend me, find me, um, and we'll get linked up. And um, what about your website? Do you want to send them to your website? Sure. It's erinnewman.com. E-R-I-N. -N well, it's there. <laughs> Aaron well, it's there. Yeah, but let, let's go ahead and spell it because this will also be a podcast. So Erin, sure. E-R-I-N, uh -huh. Newman, N-E-W-M-A-N. I'm going to put it here uh -huh. and show it on this little crawler here for the people who are on Facebook, but for the ones who are just listening to the podcast, erinnewman.com. So what are some of the things that you're offering right now that people could take advantage of so they can benefit from your wisdom? Sure. So I obviously am a coach and I'm always offering um, to work with me one-on-one, -on -one, have sessions where we really deeply explore your doubts and fears and blocks in order for you to really finally make the income you want to be making in your business in a way that feels really authentic and aligned like we've been talking about here today. Um, and I have a couple different offerings around that. So yeah, check out the website, find me in the Facebook group, and I'm happy to, to chat um, at any point. So repeat the Facebook group. And then at some point afterwards, if you'll put it in into the, the chat once we this post, but what is the Facebook group that people can join you in? Yeah, it's six figure spiritualpreneurs and spiritualpreneur is all one word. Um, I don't know if I can type in here. Can I type in here? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure, but on, on your phone or your, your iPad, you certainly could add it in there. Um, well, I am just so grateful that you have joined me and we got to have this conversation because yes, it's fun. I love, 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 um, sharing examples of people like you and me, just ordinary people minding our own business and then wham we get pulled into this journey of reconnecting, realigning, and we can't help but want to share it with others. Yep. And continually unfolding into that journey too. So, yes. Yeah, so well, why don't you uh, leave everybody with uh, a nugget of wisdom? If you want them to know one thing, what would that be? That you're enough just as you are right now in order to do the big things, in order to do whatever it is that your soul, your heart, your spirit is calling you to do. You're enough. Mm. 
So, so, so beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you so much for that. And uh, for the yeah. next few weeks, I will not be doing an, uh, an Align with Lina. I'm going to take uh, some time to vacation with my daughter in Colorado. And then after that is Labor Day, September the 7th. And then after that, it will be September the 14th. And I'll have a dear friend, Kishland. She will join us and we will talk about more spiritual stuff. So thank you so much, Erin, for thank being Thank you for here. having me, Lina. Absolutely. Awesome. Goodbye, everybody.